everyone. Welcome back to Crime Weekly News. I'm Derek Lavasser. And I'm Stephanie Harlow. And if I'm doing this right, this is uh, two days after Christmas. So for everyone who celebrated Christmas, happy holidays. I wish we were here on Crime Weekly News for good reasons, to talk about what we got, what we're thankful for. I'm very thankful for you, Stephanie, as always. Thankful to be here with you right now. I'm actually thankful to be here with you right now, too. Oh, virtual hug, virtual hug. So, but like always, we have these, you know, we want to talk positively, but unfortunately, Crime Weekly News is here to talk about, you know, crimes in the headlines or things that you guys care about. And we're going to be talking about, unfortunately, uh, the uh, Moscow, Idaho case again. So the King Roadhouse in Moscow, Idaho, where Kayla Gunkovs, Xander Canoodle, Madison Mogan and Ethan Chapman were murdered, has been scheduled to be demolished on December 28th, leading many to question why. And I have to tell you, before Stephanie gets into all the details here, I am one of those people as well. I don't really get it. But Stephanie, I know you got some things you want to go over. I can already see some of the quotes that you pulled, which is uh, raising my eyebrows. So let's just dive right into that. Yeah, I'm wondering why, too. OK, and I, I, I really wanted to talk about this on Crime Weekly News. Because I want to get a gauge out out there of you guys listening and watching. Are you, like, okay with this? You know, because this completely doesn't make any sense to me. And we're going to talk about why the University of Idaho says they're doing this. We're going to talk about the the people who think they shouldn't for, I mean, I think obvious reasons. <laughs> but it's it's a little bit, like, it's a little confusing and it's frustrating. And I think there there is a petition going to prevent this until at least Brian Koberger goes to trial, which, I mean, seems like common sense. So we're going to link that petition in the description box. I've signed it. I signed it last night. I urge everybody to sign it. I mean, unless you are in complete support of this house being destroyed, I'm not going to force you to sign it and tell you you should or you're a bad person. But if you are also kind of of the, the mindset of like, isn't this a crime scene? And hasn't the person who's been arrested not even gone on trial yet? And wouldn't it be helpful to have this house, you know, to to bring the jury through? Because that's very impactful for juries, right? We've seen it in many cases. We saw it in the uh, – well, we've seen it in many cases, basically. The jury always feels that impact of the crime very deeply when they're actually in the place that it happened. So – According to University of Idaho President Scott Green, the house is a grim reminder of the heinous act that took place there. And he said, quote, while we appreciate the emotional connection some family members of the victims may have to this house, it is time for its removal and to allow the collective healing of our community to continue, end quote. I think that this quote, in my opinion, and this is just me I think it's very condescending. Um, the emotional connection some family members have to nobody has an emotional connection to it. It's not like nostalgic, like, no, don't tear down my childhood home. It's just literally the the whole point of this is it's a crime scene. A crime happened there and and the crime hasn't been adjudicated yet. Like it's not it's not gone through the justice system yet. Not only do you maybe want to take a jury through there, but there could potentially be evidence that hasn't been collected yet you know like there could be things there that that could still have some use for the defense or the prosecution for either side so it just doesn't make a lot of sense and i think it's condescending to say we know some family members have an emotional connection no family no family member would like to see that house standing there forever knowing it was where their child was murdered i'm sure every single family member would be completely happy to watch that house burn and and be the one to set the match to do it after the trial 
Okay, that's what we're talking about here. The university has also said that Brian Koberger's defense team will be visiting the house to take photographs, measurements, and possibly gather drone footage. And they sent the FBI in, and the FBI's created a visual aid by scanning the house. I think they like 3D scanned the house, and then they can use this as evidence in a trial, which is going to be like lame. Why would you do that when you actually have the house right there? The families of the victims, most of them, I would say 98% of them are not happy about this, with the Goncalves family attorney, Shannon Gray, stating that the house could hold evidence critical to the case. Gray also claimed that the University of Idaho had asked the family members of the victims for their opinions beforehand on whether or not they should demolish the house, but then they proceeded to ignore those opinions and continue on in their own self-interests. And obviously, these family members want this house to remain standing until the murder trial, but they feel that they've been ignored and they've compared their pleas with the university to keep the house up. They've compared it to screaming into a void. Zana Kernodal's mother, Karen Northington, has also spoken out, demanding the house remain until a trial so that a jury can visit the scene of the crime. She said, quote, my daughter was murdered in that house and there is no way they should be destroying any evidence, end quote. But it's not just the people who have an emotional connection to the house. It's legal and criminal justice experts who've also spoken out. Defense attorney Edwina Elcox, who actually represented Lori Vallow, if you want to know, she said, quote, being able to visit the crime scene in certain cases is extremely important. Video and pictures can help, but may not accurately depict the scene in a way an in-person visit can do. The house should remain preserved until the trial concludes or Koberger pleads guilty, end quote. We also have retired NYPD Sergeant Joseph Giacolone. He said, quote, I don't see why the house needs to be demolished before the trial. I understand the school wants to move on, but walking the jury through the crime scene where you have it is important to give them a perspective that photos just can't do, end quote. And like, yes, we agree with with all of this. And I guess the the whole problem is Brian Koberger's trial was scheduled and then it got postponed indefinitely so they don't have a new schedule for it. It could be a long time before it happens. But then it's a long time before it happens, okay? So the people who owned this house, when these four students were murdered there, they, after the murders, they, like, gave the house to the university. And now the university gets to decide what happens to it. And I just don't I, – I, I think that from the beginning, this these murders – caused issues for this university. I talked about it in the first ever video I did on these Idaho murders that the university seemed very concerned with like what things looked like, you know, like the perspective and was it going to possibly affect negatively their enrollment numbers? Like were parents going to be less likely to send their children to a school where these terrible murders happened? You know, so I think in general, that's the university's main perspective right now because they want to move on. You know, they want to continue the community healing. What they want is they want people to forget that it happened. So they're trying to remove all of this stuff so that they don't have an issue with enrollment, which I'm sure they've already seen, by the way, because if they haven't already seen a drop in their enrollment numbers, they may not be so gung-ho to do this, but they are. So they're trying to erase it as if it didn't happen because their main priority and concern is like, we don't want to be perceived as this college town where kids can't be safe because then nobody will come here. People won't come here as much. But for everyone else, which I think includes us and the people listening, we're more concerned with is Brian Koberger, who's innocent until proven guilty. I have to say that, unfortunately. 
until Brian Koberger is behind bars where he belongs and he faces the repercussions for this, these terrible crimes he committed, we don't really want to be messing with anything. We want everything to stay exactly as is so that both sides, the defense and the prosecution, have at their disposal every everything that they need to put on their best argument in court. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. And, and I'm going to go back and forth on a couple things. So first off, based on what I know, not that this matters to them, it shouldn't matter that it happened at Idaho, the University of Idaho. It could have happened anywhere. It doesn't appear on the surface that this was the result of negligence or and something on the part of the university that resulted in this. This was an off-campus house. It, it, it happens. It, it happens and it could have happened anywhere. But to your point, now these murders are directly associated with the University of Idaho. And I think there's a couple issues that the university is running into. They probably have a lot of looky-loos. There's people who are stopping by there. We know that unfortunately in the true crime community, there are people who like this stuff and will you know travel or take road trips just to go see this house, which is unfortunate. So they probably have people who are visiting the property that they really don't want there that aren't part of the university. And then, like you said, the obvious reason this this building. But you just said it's an off campus house. It has nothing to do with the university. So, like, why right. do people have to have anything to do with the university to be not on university property? Like it should have the University of Idaho should have nothing to say and shouldn't care about that at all. But it's they own their it business. Now. They own yeah. they own it now. And it's close enough. Unfortunately, it's close enough where it does still connect back to them. And they want to separate themselves from it because at the core of it, let's make no mistake about it. Obviously, it's an educational institution, but just like every college and university in the country, it's also a business, right? They have to they have to make ends meet. They have to have a certain level of enrollment to offset the costs of running a school like that. So they obviously want to move on with it. And there's no doubt in my mind that they asked the parents their opinions on it for the optics of it, right? They couldn't knock this building down without at least being able to say, well, we consulted with the parents. They were probably hoping that the parents would be more on board with it, but when they weren't, they just disregarded their feelings. And like you said, it's not necessarily an emotional connection. I don't think, as a father, I would want that building burned to the ground after the trial, 100%. I would never want to be able to see it again, think about it. I would want it erased from... The internet, if possible, which obviously isn't. But that's not their problem here. Their problem here is exactly what you're saying. And as as much as it kills me to say it as well, for a fair trial for Brian Koberger and to ensure the best possible outcome as far as getting justice for the victims, there is no disadvantage to having that house still there. Right. And I'll even give just one angle here because they are doing 3D renderings. You would assume based on how many times they visited the property, there probably isn't much left inside that could be evidence. But here's one angle where it could become important for a potential jury to go and visit. Right. So we have this surviving witness. Right. And part of the the case against Brian Koberger is this witnesses and Everyone knows her name. I'm not going to say it, but everyone knows that part of their case that they built against Brian is that this surviving witness was able to see from her room out into the well-lit like common area where she saw allegedly Brian Koberger walk by with a mask and she could tell by his stature and his bushy, bushy eyebrows, eyebrows, right? Yep. So do you think that the defense 
unfortunately, is going to attack her and her credibility and her ability to see? Of course they are. Of course they are. So would it be advantageous for a jury to go sit or stand inside that room, maybe have the lights off, maybe go there at night and see Recreate well, it for them. Have a guy in a mask exactly. walk up, yeah, with the exact how, same outfit now this on. Might, this might not happen. This might not happen. And I was talking to Nancy Grace about it. We covered this this topic as well. And as a former prosecutor, she said more that this usually doesn't happen. But on the off chance that it does, and this witness is is brought into question as far as what she saw, the jury could potentially say, okay, let's go back there and do it ourselves and see how well we can see someone walking down the stairs. So that's just one example of where having the actual house could play a huge factor in deciding whether or not Brian Koberger is guilty. So, yeah, and I, I mean, agree Brian's with defense team has pulled out every dumbass trick in the book at this point. Like, what's exactly? They're going to do and try everything that they can. They can even say, because, you know, there was the boot print found in the house, right? The boot print, yep. So there was that um, boot print or shoe print found inside the house. You know, just now the defense team could be like, oh, well, it's just a picture of it. And that's not like accurate. And So it just would behoove people to preserve the original evidence. That way, when Brian's legal team tries to come after the photographic evidence of the physical evidence, they can be like, well, it's still there. You know, like the boot print's still there if you want to look. You know, things like that. I don't know. I don't know if they clean the crime scene after. Once again, I think that would be dumb. No, no they but just in, Yeah, just in general, like, it does. You you have like a source for for the evidence, and that that house is the source for the evidence. So anything you bring from it, like samples, DNA, blood samples, whatever, anything you bring out is just like an extension of that evidence. But the original source evidence is there. So maybe you'd want to keep it there just so you can validate, verify, double check, go back, counter any defense claims that it's not where it was. It's not where they said it was. That's not where the boot print was, et cetera, et cetera. It just it just doesn't make any sense. Like, I know it makes people uncomfortable, but they could be uncomfortable for a couple a months while or yeah, a couple or, or a year or so. Like, stay uncomfortable for a little bit. OK, because what you're definitely not going to be comfortable with is if Brian Koberger is released and is walking the streets. Tell me how on a well, the, yeah, and tell me how well the University of Idaho is going to be getting their their enrollment up when they have, you know, Brian Koberger just hanging around the area waiting to pounce again. Allegedly, he's innocent, no proven guilty, though. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Like I, I like I said, I agree with what you said. The, obviously, the three D renderings can give a pretty good perspective, but it's not. There's no substitute for the real thing. And I understand there are some logistical elements for the university because. Again, you may have people who want to visit the site. You may have people who try to break in because obviously we know it was a very horrific crime scene and there's a lot of probably blood evidence in there. And and as I said a couple minutes ago, they're not going on in there with a, a, a team to clean it all out because of the evidentiary value it, it actually brings. But overall, even with those um, headaches for the university, this case and, and getting it right supersedes those those problems. And should take precedent over it. And by the way, as a parent myself, whether the building is there or not, it's going to be a long time before anybody forgets what happens happened on that property and and the building isn't going to do it. Maybe 10, 20 years from now, uh, it won't be as much of a thing. But the point being, whether yeah, I don't you knock think it, it really, I don't now, think it's going to do anything, to be no, honest. No, yeah. whether you knock it down now or a year from now, 
the the damage is done unfortunately it's not their fault it shouldn't you know it could but it could happen anywhere there's not much you can do about it i hope the building stays like stephanie said at the top of the episode we're going to put a link in the description box below you've signed it i will be signing it we would appreciate it if you out there sign it as well uh and will it make a difference who knows but if you have enough people that sign it and god forbid this case goes to trial and something happens that could have been prevented if they had the house still, they're going to have a bigger marketing nightmare on their hands because not only are they going to be connected to this crime, but now they'll be connected with someone potentially getting off because of their their rush to get this building destroyed as soon as they could. So University of Idaho, if anybody out there is listening to this, administrators, be careful what you wish for because you don't want to be held accountable for someone getting off for four for for four murder murders, so yeah, good luck having the community heal from that, my friends. Yeah, yeah. But and that's that's kind of the thing. It's like a cost benefit analysis, right? Like if it if it stays up for another six, eight, twelve months, twenty four months, even, is there any harm done? No, right? Not anymore. That's already been done. Right, exactly. It's but done. if it but if it gets destroyed now and then it comes, you come to find that they needed something from it, then there is harm done. So like. If you, you there's no harm to let it stand, there right. could be potentially harm by demolishing it before the trial. So right. when you run that cost benefit analysis, it just doesn't make, make any logical sense of why they would be in such a rush to take it down. And they have been, by the way. They've been talking about this for months and trying to set it up for months. This is not like, oh, just a new December thing. Th- they've been trying to do this for a while. What's yeah. the rush, guys? What's the rush? Don't but do let it. us know. Let us know what you feel in the in the comments. I'm very interested to know what the uh, the temperature of this conversation is and where people are standing because I just don't see any normal person who's not affiliated with this university being like, I don't see a problem with it. I don't, I don't see a yeah. problem with it at all. It, so, and yeah. it may not be. The trial may go off fine. They may not need to go back there. But again, it's one of those things where why risk it? Why risk yep. it? So definitely wait down in the comments below. We want to hear your thoughts on this. Again, we hope everyone had a great holiday. We will be back this Friday with a new episode. We're not going to tell you what it is. Stephanie hates when I do that. But a it's new a series. new case. Yeah. What's that? It's a new series. Technically. It's a completely new series. New case, new series. We will see you guys very soon. Everyone stay safe out there. Happy holidays. Have a good night. Bye.